Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Happy New Year to you, the fight fans and the listeners of BTR Boxing Podcast. Before we get in to the end of year show, I just want to take a moment to give a shout out to the sponsors for this podcast. You know who it is? It's Bear Attack Boxing. Now, Bear Attack Boxing, relatively new on the scene, looking to progress even further going into 2019 with their high quality boxing gloves. If you go onto their website, which is www bearattackboxing.co.uk you'll be able to find all their brilliant products you'll be able to find what's coming up in the future for them who endorses them people like Tyrone McKenna and Tommy McCarthy and there's going to be much more to come from them in 2019 so give them a follow on Twitter at Attack Boxing and on Facebook at Bear Attack Boxing and from the 1st of January in the new year use the special code BAB2019 code directly for you the listeners to get a discount on the high quality boxing gloves that they sell so you know where to find them www.bearattackboxing.co.uk welcome fight fans to the end of the year 2018 it's our special show to end all shows in 2018 and i'm really looking forward to getting going with this one sean basto your host here as always joined by jordy neal as always and before we begin the episode i just want to tell you guys to go and find us on apple podcasts or on podbean or on stitcher player fm you know the score by now just get on there get subscribing leaving comments sharing it across social media and we're on twitter at btr boxing pod on facebook at btr boxing podcast so jordy it's the end of year 2018 we're not going to cover everything that's happened this year because there's been too much to put into one show so we're going to kind of do it in a way where we'll kind of give out awards similar to the way the ring magazine have just done it and talk about our favorite moments of the year and probably some of the worst moments in boxing Uh, what are you making of 2018 as a whole overall has it been a really good year for boxing? Yeah, I think obviously uh, close to home in Britain, it's been it's been really good. Obviously, we're going from strength to strength in terms of you know the big anti Joshua effect and the fact that we're getting all we're packing up Wembley quite regularly and stuff like that. So it, it's really good in that sense. But I think yeah, boxing's becoming more more and more mainstream, which is obviously good for all of us and good for the sport in general. So yeah, I think it's another good year. Um, that's took the sport up another level, but there's obviously been the little controversies and the little horrible things that won't leave boxing alone, but I think we'll always have to deal with them. Yeah, I know the rest, and I think we'll probably come across in our um, worst moments in boxing in 2018 for sure. I'm sure we'll uh, be talking about them a little bit later on in the episode. So there's about six or seven categories to go through today, and I want to start by mixing it up a little bit. I don't want to do it all in specific orders. I want to sort of just throw it out there about what's been your best thing of the year so I think I'd like to start with uh, the upset of the year I always like to start with upsets of the year and I think this one is a way to start the show pretty well and there's uh, there's got to be a fight this year 
that you, you genuinely think shocked everybody or n- nobody was expecting you know that to happen in a fight whether it be a bad scorecard or whether it be you know someone like Tyson Fury getting up from Deontay Wilder's right hand or just whether it was just a general underdog versus champion situation is there anything that sticks out in your mind uh, what you would see as, as as an upset of the year this year yeah, I don't know whether it's because he's he's quite fresh, but I think uh, the night Warrington won his his world title. Um, that was as big as an upset as I as I can um, sort of recall. It's because I think it's because everyone just thought Selby was so many levels above, and it's obviously transpired now. Not just only through that win, but also his win over Frampton. They definitely weren't <laughs> a few levels above at, at that weight. So yeah, I think for me. Um, in terms of results, I think that's definitely the upset of the year for me. There's obviously the little things like, as you touched on, Fiori and, and people like Kovalev getting beat and getting beat well. Stuff like that, do stand up. But just looking, you know, keeping it close to home, I think Warrington beating Selby in May, I think that was a big upset. Well, I don't, I don't want to go with the crowd and talk about what everybody else would class as, as as upset of the year. There's quite a few different instances where I genuinely think you know that could be a contender for upset of the year. But uh, this will probably surprise a lot of people when I say this one. But I felt like earlier on in April this year, Isaac Dogbay beating Jesse Magdaleno was a a, a bit of an upset for me because. I think it was well. It was when for me, I really felt like Dog Bay announced himself on the word world stage. Now I know obviously he went on to lose his fight later on in 2018 and and lose his title. But at that moment in time, it was Magdaleno was an absolute hot prospect. Nobody was expecting Magdaleno to lose that fight against Dog Bay. They was all expecting Magdaleno to be too big, too slick, too clever. But Dog Bay completely outboxed him and obviously scored the the stoppage. In the fight, and that—that's why I felt like it for me was, uh, you know, and, and kind of where it took Dogbay to be honest with you, because we've talked a lot about it in a few in the past few episodes, where you know the story of Isaac Dogbay and, and, and what he's done and where he's come from, and why he's getting all this sort of global exposure now, where I don't think he did up until you know the Magdaleno win, and that's why I kind of feel like for me the implications of of, of the aftermath of the upset was was what I felt you know constituted my decision in making the upset of the year now there's, there's there's loads of other ones I could have picked out. I could have picked out Warrington beating Selby like you said there and then beating Frampton you know definitely their class is upsets of the year absolutely you know you, there's so many more that you could that you could talk about where you know they were classed as upset of the year I mean maybe even Chisora Takam Chisora knocking out Takam could have been like a bit of an upset of the year given the way Del Boy's hit and miss career was going into the fight with Takam and the way Takam did against Joshua so there's loads of other things we could have sat here and said but I want to I want to be a bit different and say that Dog Bay uh, beating Magdaleno earlier on in 2018 for me was was upset of the year yeah I think it's a very valid selection goal for uh, Dog Bay although he's lost now towards the back end of the year it was definitely a big upset but I think with, especially with his ties to, to Great Britain it's one that we should keep on side and hope that Isaac Dog Bay can come back in the, in the new year but yeah, definitely an upset of the year and good choice from you. Definitely thinking outside the box. No, exactly. And I don't want to just go with the crowd and be the be the sheep. So yeah. uh, other ones then, Jordy. Uh, we'll we'll like I said, no particular order here. Uh, event of the year. I'm kind of doing all the ones. <laughs> I'm kind of doing all the ones where I feel like, well, I'm not really that asked about these ones to be honest with you. I, I want to leave the good ones to last. So I'll get all these ones out of the way first. So uh, event of the year. Is there any particular event this year, whether it be a whole show, a card, uh, a build up to a show, anything in particular that in 2018 that stands out in your mind as as an event for 2018 for boxing? I think it'd be easy to say the Joshua stuff because his events obviously just get bigger and bigger and bigger every time he fights. But I think probably the zone coming into boxing has been big, even though they're a multi sport platform. The fact that they've invested so many so much money in Eddie and into boxing in general that sort of had a domino effect on other on other companies and. You know, it's obviously, whether it's direct or not, but it's obviously prompted HBO to jump out of boxing. It's prompted Al Heyman to come over to the UK and try and unsettle Eddie in a little bit. So it's just the domino effect that the zone have had by launching so much money and then giving Canelo that big massive contract. I think it's really blown open the market, especially in America. So it's one of them. I think it was such a steady market. And then for someone to come in and have such a big... A big impact and upset the apple cart really. I think that's been a big um, 
a big event for boxing this year. Well, my event for boxing this year is going to be a little bit of a theme of the night, and I don't want to sound like a bit of a cop out here, but I think the 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 Triple G and Canelo fight for me the the event itself was for me the event of the year just for the sole fact is that we waited literally a whole year nearly to the day for the fight to happen again because of obviously Canelo and the drug situation and all the rest of it and the political bullshit that came with it but the fact that everybody wanted to see that fight again it had to happen again you know there was so much controversy over the first fight and we needed to see it again and at one point in the year we actually thought you know maybe we're not going to see this depending on you know how they how they treat Canelo but obviously he got a slap on the wrist so that fight then we knew for a fact it was going to happen so we got the fight in September and it was it was one of the fights that I felt like I, w- I was genuinely excited for now I don't stay up for fights anymore me I, I'm you know I can't be asked staying up till five o'clock in the morning being written off the next day I'd rather get up first thing in the morning after recording it and watch it then and and, and watch it with a clear mind and you know I'm not tired falling asleep when I'm watching and that's exactly what I did and the whole build up to the event the the, the, the sort of there was a bit of grudge grudginess between them uh, a bit of uh, animosity I think is the right word I'm looking for between them and 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 when the fight came around I was just really excited to because I felt like Golovkin was going to go on and, and, and you know have Canelo's number but that wasn't the case so for me event of 2018 was the event of Triple G versus Canelo 2 yeah I think I just try and avoid Canelo at all costs because I can't stand them but <laughs> I think that's it I think you've got a very very valid point I think it was a massive massive occasion massive fight you know obviously it draws the massive Mexican crowd and the love can play this part himself, but yeah, I think it, it is a valid point. But you know, I just can't give Canelo any credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Canelo hate train rolls on. Random. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, let's go on to another one then let's talk about what else we've got this year we want a look at maybe most inspirational of the year now the ring magazine picked brendan ingle as their most inspirational of the year and i i I can kind of understand why they've done that given what he achieved with fighters in his career and obviously sadly passed away earlier this year but i feel like things like the fact that enzo calzaghi passed away this year was was overlooked in, in making that decision and the fact that Tyson Fury obviously came back from what he's come back from and, and did what he did in the fight with Wilder so and I think my inspirational uh, m- most inspirational person of the year is probably going to be Tyson Fury and I'm not being a cop out no matter what people say whether they go oh for fuck's sake he's just copping out here I'm not I genuinely think and uh, the way I've said it in a few episodes about Tyson Fury is the way he's come back he's and lost all the weight and the way he's came back yeah he didn't have two great fights leading up to the fight with Wilder they, they were shit you know let's be honest but they, they, they did that for a reason they did it because they wanted to get him back in the ring after being out for so long after being so overweight uh, and mentally not in the right place to drag yourself from the depths of despair and I, I personally have gone through what he's been through in my life and that is probably why I can relate to it so much and mental health is, is not a laughing matter mental health in men is really not a laughing matter and people have this stigma around the fact that men are not supposed to talk about the feelings and you get people saying that you need to man up and, and all the rest of it but that's that's not the case when you're in that deep dark place it's very very difficult to get out of it and it takes uh, a certain kind of man to do it and Tyson Fury for me the way he's come back from from the brink of despair got himself into shape and put on a performance like he did only to be denied at the final hurdle and and the way he dealt with the aftermath of that result and and the way he spoke out about everything and he's trying to promote mental health awareness is for me makes him the most inspirational person of 2018 yeah i think i I struggle to argue with you really and there's you know there's not much that's not being said now about tyson fury and quite rightly he's getting all applauded for for his mental health you know awareness and the fact that he beat them demons himself but yeah i wouldn't i really couldn't add anything to what you've just said i think you've summed it up pretty pretty perfectly so yeah, I think Tyson Fury definitely wins that. It's probably a category that's made to him, but you know, the this category will always have inspired the sport will always have inspirational characters just because of its, you know, man on man, woman on woman combat, you know, it's it's it attracts inspirational characters and as you say, people like Brendan Ingle 
and Enzo Calzaghe, they do deserve a mention because they were brilliant pioneers, but it's just what Tyson Fury's done and the way he's used his status as a boxer and as a, you know, a should-be world champion to raise awareness. It's touched people far away from this sport. So, yeah, I think um, I think you can't really argue with Fury for that one. Are you going with Fury as well, or have you got someone else in mind that you think is, is a, an inspirational I person? I don't really see how you can give it to anyone else, you know what I mean? I'd love to go against him and, and, and have a better... You know, a better candidate to win this category but you know you just it, I, I wouldn't want to force it I think Fiori is the most international character in the sport this year so you know why would you try and force something that's you know just wrong the guy is the most inspirational character so he should he should win this award yeah well this is why I picked it and, and, and touching on my own little bit of personal experiences there I think it it's resonated with me his story more than anybody's in boxing because of, of, of everything that he's had to go through to get to where he is and I can kind of relate to that and I think that's why I'm really sort of you know, I'm not up his ass. People probably think, bloody hell, you know, you're up to a few of his ass, John. But it's not that. It's it's because I have been through personal experiences, and I can totally 100% relate to it all. And that is why I, I'm, I'm singing his play, uh, praises and blowing his trumpet because, you know, not literally blowing his trumpet, but you know, blowing his trumpet metaphorically <laughs> because the guy is, is has done so well to turn people's perception of him on its head. It's it's unbelievable. So most inspirational. We both agree. Tyson Fury definitely deserves that mantle piece for 2018 um, going on then let's have a look what else we've got on this list that we've put together so we've done event of the year we've done most inspiration and we've done uh, upset of the year I think uh, I'd like to do comeback of the year so definitions around comeback of the year could be the fact that it's in a fight uh, come back in a fight or just in general you know being able to come back from being out of the ring or or whatever it, it's, there's no real uh, I'm pretty loose with how I would define comeback of the year uh, thinking about everything that's happened in 2018 who uh, or what would you say would be your comeback of the year for this year <laughs> The fact that he was, you know, I'm not, I'm being, I'm queen, but being quite ingested. But the fact that he's stable probably 18 months ago was absolutely, you know, it was on its arse and he wasn't really competing with Eddie Ann, but he's got his stable right back up to, up to really good standard, really. He's got probably best, probably pound for pound between him and Eddie Ann. It's closer than it's, than it's been for years. So I think he's made a good comeback in terms of the calibre of um, fighter he's got and the shows that he's putting on. Because there was a point on Box Nation when he was putting shows on that people wouldn't. Even people like me and you watch anything we're struggling to watch. So, yeah, I think Frank's had a good year. Um, but it's it's quite hard for this, like, because the sight of your thing's so fresh, it's, it's hard to, like, go against him, you know. What bigger comeback can you have than the one he's just done? Yeah, no, I know. It's hard, isn't it? I'm just thinking exactly the same. Like, who else can you, or what can you sort of say is the, the best thing to define as a comeback of the year? And there's only one, because it's so fresh, like you said, there's only one man that springs to mind. And, and obviously, uh, Tyson Fury's that man. But I think you make a very valid point, and I can't really argue with it you know not to give every single award to Tyson Fury even though he does deserve a lot I think Frank Warren the fact that he has turned his state promotional stable around uh, you, you said it there 18 months ago it was not a dog shit and it was all matchroom 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 this year there's been a lot more competitive fight cards put on from Frank Warren and the fact that they did the 22nd of December uh, Warrington versus Frampton and obviously Chisora against White Rematch head to head you know that was quite interesting that Frank was willing to put his neck on the line to do that and by all accounts he's willing to do it again in the future so the fact that he's yeah. been able to, to, to come back from that yeah he's took what people like Warrington it's not like he's getting like Eddie Ayn cast offs and he's just like simmering them in the career and they're just having little tick over jobs he's took Warrington to well not just him personally but he's been in Warrington to a higher level than he was at when he was with Eddie Ayn so you know there's the argument here that he's that he's surpassing Eddie Ayn in some in some instances, and obviously I think Eddie Ayn is the best promoter in the country, probably one of the best in the world. But I think Frank's really reacted, and it's only good for us as fans as long as there's not the, too many of these clashes. And you know, as long as they keep bringing good talent through, it's only good for people like me and you, and you know, others in the industry. Yeah, I agree, and I think I will agree that for me, comeback of the year is probably going to go to Frank Warren, just for the sole fact that he's been able to turn his stable around from from losing some real great fighters to be able to turn it around to get all these fresh new young blooded fighters coming up through the ranks and you know putting on real great shows I think the only the only sort of negative part I'll probably say I want to put on it is there's been a, a hell of a lot of violence going on at Frank's shows this year and 
I think it's probably something that I don't want to. I don't want to have to keep in, you know, watching on social media in 2019 about all the little fights that are happening in the crowds. It's, that's the only thing that's kind of letting it down because you don't really see a lot of that at the matchroom shows. It only seems to be at the Frank Warren shows, and it's usually because a lot of the fighters he, he's got have got you know quite contentious followings, and 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 that's usually what it boils down to. That and the fact that a lot of them can't handle the drink either. So you know, the swings are roundabouts, I suppose. But yeah, Frank Warren, comeback of the year. Yeah, yeah, I'd go with that. I think it's a, a very valid one to go with. Uh, Jordy, what about then uh, trainer of the year? I think this is a good one. Who would you put down as the trainer of 2018? Um, I'm not going to give any any glory to you know people like Renault, so who obviously works with Canelo and stuff because it's too contentious. You know, he's probably not even the biggest trainer for Canelo. Do you know what I mean? Canelo's sort of. It's, it's such a big team, so I'd rather try and you know sh- give some shine to you know a direct trainer who's done really great things. And there's obviously people who enter the equation lo- like locally in Britain. Obviously, before he's had a bit of a bad run over the last few weeks, but Jamie Moore was definitely you know really pushing pushing it in Britain. Ben Davis, who's who's got a lot of stick for no reason, and then proved that he's actually a good trainer. You could give it to him, but you know Lomachenko's father who trained Usyk and uh, Lomachenko. You know you could argue that he's got the best arsenal to go to a fight with him then too. But you know the way they fight and the um, how far ahead they are of everybody else in the sport. I think you've probably got to look at him, Anatoly Lomachenko. I think he's the one for me who's who's just been exceptional. He's got two of the best fighters in the world, if not the two best. So. You know, you can't look uh, far past him for me. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you, and I haven't got anybody else who I could genuinely genuinely say I think has done a better job as a trainer this year than Anatoly Lomachenko. The sole fact is that you've got to remember Usyk this year has won the World Boxing Super Series and then defended all his cruiserweight crowns against Tony Bellew, and he's, he's gone out on 2018 on a complete high. And then you've got Lomachenko, who obviously had that great fight with Linares earlier on this year and then he beat Pedraza a few weeks back and he's had a fantastic year as well and them two like you say the Arsenal the fighters he's got in his stable at the moment for at least I'd say the next three to, to five years are going to be you know the, the dog's bollocks they're going to be top of the pound for pound list they're going to be there They're going everyone's going to be talking about them because they're going to be in some brilliant fights against some brilliant fighters over the next three to five years maximum I think that's what we're really looking forward to so the fact that Anatoly Lomachenko's done a wonderful job honing their craft along with their natural talented abilities as as for me I have to give it to him notable mention is is obviously Ben Davison again you know it's all about the fury today but again for the fact that he was a guy who was uh, mainly come from the fitness industry previously for a guy who's gone into uh, training a former world heavyweight champion uh, for two fights and then take him into the biggest fight in heavyweight boxing at this moment in time with limited experience and little experience to be able to be so calm in the corner in the face of adversity against all odds you know that that for me shown how much of a level-headed young guy that Ben Davison is and and he speaks well on camera he's given the right advice in the corner on the night of the fight and I was very very impressed uh, the only thing uh, I feel for him is he's still getting criticism even after the the Tyson Fury fight from even from guys that was in the corner like Freddie Roach, you know, you know, I thought he's an easy target though, isn't he? But with him being such a young lad, and you know, people like to have their opinion on that. But I think we've just got to remember in Britain as well, we've got a great, we've got a great little batch of trainers that are coming through, and a great couple of trainers who have obviously been established for a few years. You know, you've got to people don't like him, but Joe Gallagher's just took Callum Smith to you know number one super middleweight in the world. You know, he deserves a mention. Then there's obviously the Jamie Moores, as we've said, and Adam Booth. Obviously, he'll always, you know, with Ryan Burnett, and he's obviously got Josh Kelly coming through, and you know, Mike Conlon and stuff like that. Great stable, and even you know, up to Grant Smith, who's just took Charlie Edwards to win the world title. You know, these are these are trainers who are really doing doing great things closer to home. So it's good to shine a light on all these all these trainers across the world. But just need to remember, you know, how good our our little batch of trainers in Britain is, and hopefully they can have a bigger effect on the world scene. Yeah, I agree, and I'm looking forward to, to obviously what 2019 holds for a lot of the British trainers that we've got out there, and it's going to be a, a great year to look forward to. But going back to the awards for this year, we we now need to look at other awards that we've not looked at yet. So we've done upset of the year, comeback of the year, event of the year, trainer of the year, and most inspirational of the year. So I think the next one for me would be prospect 
of the year. So who who throughout 2018 has impressed you thoroughly enough to, to be classed as the number one prospect in the world for, for 2018 as a whole? It, it's quite boring, this answer, but I think Josh Boatzi, I don't... I know people are going off on this Lopez and stuff like that, and, but I think Joshua Boati has been so impressive. He's getting he's getting better and better. He's got the backing of Matchroom and AJ and stuff like that. I think he can only go on from centre strength, and I honestly do believe he'll dominate at world level. So I think Joshua boati has got to be the prospect of the year. I think this time next year we will not be talking about him as a prospect. He'll be a bona fide you know, killer in that division. So I think on a world scene, I've got my opinions on locally, but I think on a world scene, it's got to be Boatsy for me. Right. Well, it's an interesting one because obviously people uh, are going, like you say, for uh, American Tiafimo Lopez over there and, and what he's been doing and the way he's just been dispatching a very durable opponents. And I can kind of understand why, well, you know, why a lot of people uh, are deciding that's the case. And, you know, I was hoping that if Josh Kelly would have fought Avenincy a couple of weeks ago and beat him, I probably would have picked Josh Kelly as as, as my prospect of 2018, but uh, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go again outside the box a little bit here and not just go with the obvious choices. I think for me this year so far, who I've really been uh, impressed with is is Joe Cardina. I think Joe Cardina is is getting I wouldn't say he's getting forgotten about a little bit, but he certainly is 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 doing really really well. Uh, you know, he's beat like Sean Dodd this year. Uh, who was the other fellow he beat? This this year as well, he beat another real great opponent. This year, uh, was it was was it Molina or was that Josh Kelly? I know he had a really good fight this year, Joe Cardina. No, I, do, I do know what you mean. I think I mean um, he's been a he's been a, a revelation. He's obviously going to go from strength to strength. Same as same as you know Boatsy, but I think uh, yeah, I, I was touching on Cardina myself in my own mind, but. I think he just needed to be a slightly bit more active, but I think we'll definitely see a big uh, 2019 from from Joe. Yeah, I think for, I think for me it was only because again he's he's only had eight fights, had eight fights and six stoppages in there, and uh, uh, this this you know this year, yeah, he's only had the two fights, but it was uh, I've seen him obviously stop uh, hacking Ben Ali this year, and then we've seen him beat Sean Dodd, and I, and I felt like for me they were were two real impressive performances where I'm thinking bloody hell you know he's beating a seasoned guy like Sean Dodd who, who's been in and mixed mixed it up domestically against you know some, some of the best that Britain's got to offer and for only so many fights into his career that was his eighth fight against Sean Dodd and yet obviously we'd seen Sean Dodd in with the likes of Scotty Cardle and we'd seen him in obviously with Tom Stalker and obviously there's the Tommy Coyle fight and yeah, I think for me Joe Cordina thinking outside the box and not just going with obvious choices would be prospects of the year and I agree I would have liked to have seen him more active this year but I can always say 2019 is going to be a great year for Cardina as long as they progress him the right way and give him the right fights at the right times if they don't match make him correctly next year then he's you know he's going to start to go down the pecking order a bit in matchroom stable with all the guys like Buatzi and Kelly like we were talking about so I'm going to go with Cardina for me this year I think uh, for, from what I've seen of him from what I've seen of the fights this year I think he's really doing really well and I look forward to, to seeing him in 2019 so Jordi let's move on and go to another one then so we've done most inspirational pros- I'm just reading through the list now most inspirational prospects of the year event comeback upset trainer I think now we're getting to the uh, to the big four now to the big four final awards which is why I wanted to leave them to last so I think the next one I, I want to go to is for knockout of the year this is always a brilliant one to, to go with and there's quite a few brilliant knockouts this year that we can speak of we've got the likes of Bellew and Usyk we've got the likes of Smith and Groves we've got Inoue and Payano you know there's, the list is quite endless to be honest with you but which which knockout this year was probably the most shocking to constitute knockout of the year for you uh, I think probably the best one was probably Yusuf knocking Bellio, but I'm not going to go for that because it fucking gutted me. So I'm not going to go for that one. I think Inoue's, you know, destruction of Payano. I think that would, that's hard to look look past because you know the guy actually he just hits so so hard, and it's one of them. He's getting to the point now where he's that impressive that you know you literally cannot wait to see him out again. And I think um, he's only going to build on his reputation next year. So that was the knockout that really transcended him onto the you know onto the screens of everyone really on social media. He was everywhere with that knockout. So 
I think, yeah, that's definitely the knockout of the year for me, and he's not far from being, you know, probably fighter of the year, to be honest. Well, you're gonna you're gonna absolutely fucking hate me for this next one, just because I know how much of a, a big fan of the next one uh, that you are. And thinking again, not just for the obvious ones like the Usyk values and the piano, the piano anyways, I'm gonna go for uh, Povetkin's knockout of David Price earlier on this year. It was it was brutal. <laughs> it was mate. It was absolutely fucking brutal. He brutalized him. What was that? A lucky shot. A lucky shot. <laughs> oh, mate! I tell you, I tell you what. It was. Um, I, I, I was rooting for Pricey. You know, I was rooting for Pricey. I really wanted him to win that night. But the the, the destruction which Povetkin caused was. Oh man, it was it was horrible to watch. But it was an absolute highlight reel knockout. And whilst it wasn't just like it was obviously over the period of the rounds and accumulation and whatnot. But he caught him when he caught him with that left hook and dropped him, and he went down uh, like a sack of shit that for me was I was I was quite sickened by it but oh man you know that that has to be a different knockout of the year for me that people are probably forgotten about because we've seen all the others yeah I'm changing my mind I'm going pricey on Tom Little <laughs> <laughs> just finish on the positive for pricey because he's gonna do he's gonna finally get his couple of big wins next year I'm sure of it but no I think you are right it was sickening but you know, Povetkin's got that in the locker, hasn't he? That's it, he has, he's still got that. They always say that a fighter's power uh, and punch is the last thing to go as they get older, and Povetkin's still showing at, what, 39-year-old that he could still bloody bang, I'm telling you that now. Uh, anyway, let's go, let's go to the next one. We're going into sort of the, the, the big ones now. Like I said, we've had knockout of the year. Now we want, we want round of the year, and I think... I think I probably know which way we're both going to go with this one, but I'll let you start, Jordi. What would you say would be the round of the year for you this year out of all the fights you've seen? This one because like, it's so easy you know, to forget individual rounds when fights are so good. So I think this is probably the hardest category that you're going to go, that you're going to come across. And I, obviously, I think if you asked 100 people, 100 boxing fans, they're all going to say Fury Wilder round 12. But I think the, the one round, you know, I don't... It might not have been the best technical round or like even the most action filled, but the round that really shocked me the most that I really didn't see coming was probably the first round of Warrington Frampton. You no, know, I thought Frampton was gonna come out and like dictate, but you know, the balls that Warrington showed there, he just showed no regard for, for Frampton and really set about him straight away and almost wobbled him. So I think the fight that the round that got me attention the most was probably that one, but the drama of Fiori Wilder probably just edges it, but yeah, I think if you try and think outside the box, that was that was definitely a round that shocked me. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the obvious one, and I I, I I honestly thought you'd probably go with it as well, but the the, the way obviously fucking Tyson Fury managed to get up from that shot from Deontay Wilder, I will never I would never know. I just I don't think anybody will ever bloody know how the fuck he got up from that. But Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder and the the way he got up from that and essentially won the round. <laughs> you know, he started peppering Deontay Wilder with shots, and he just the way he got he just the way he was able to just bounce into back into action all of a sudden like that you know most people after suffering a heavy knockdown like that would have been done you know sometimes the ref probably would have waved that fight off earlier but i think the ref was pretty good for for that fight in general but he was lucky that he was able to get up but the way he just came back and won the round for me and finished the fight so strong was I, i couldn't believe what i was actually seeing and this this fight i actually did i didn't stay up for it but I actually woke, got you know, I woke myself up because I thought I need to see this fight. I've just got a feeling this is going to be one that if I, if I don't watch it at the time, I'm going to be a little bit gutted. And I, admittedly, I will say, although I don't watch any others, you know, during the middle of the night, this is one I genuinely did decide to wake up for because I was so excited to see it because we, you know, we'd not really seen a, a huge heavyweight fight of this magnitude for for a little while, really. And and obviously, I wanted to I wanted to see how it was going to go down and the way that round ended and the fight and it was just it's unbelievable so round of the year for me has to go to Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder round number 12 um, going on then we've only got two categories left for the awards for this year 2018 so I think we'll go for fight of the year as the penultimate one and Jordi I'm going to come over to you my friend and I'm going to ask you out of all the fights you've seen this year what was your fight of the year? Um 
<laughs> the first one that springs to mind is the most recent, obviously with Fury Wilder, but I'm not going to go for that because it's boring. So um, the one I'm going to go for, the one I, I really, you know, I really enjoyed and I thought it was a great battle between two was um, Johnny Garton versus Gary Corcoran. I mean, it wasn't the best fight of like in terms of ability and, and standard. It was stacked away on someone's undercard, but I think for the most heart they shown and the fact it was such a bloody war, you know, I think that was the, the fight that really, you know, it had me watching literally every second. So, yeah, I'm just going to try and stay outside the box and I'm going to go for a Garton versus Corcoran, which was for the British title, which is, is as I've said before, the best belt in boxing. Yeah, it's a good one. That I'm, I'm actually, uh, yeah, I lost for words then for a second because I was thinking to myself, but yeah, yeah, you know what, what a, what a fucking great fight that was as well, and probably one that people get, you know, forget about because it gets overshadowed by some of the bigger yeah. fights that, that have happened this year. And man, it's, I'm glad that you said that, and I'm glad that you've given that some attention because that was an absolute fucking barnstormer of a fight, and I really enjoyed watching that one. And yeah, brilliant fight, brilliant win for Johnny Garton there. You know, people not expecting Johnny Garton. I think to, to actually win that title on the night and the way he just kind of overcome everything and dug deep and, and won the fight, you know, was great. And I think I'm going to go for something different. I'm not going to go for the Fury fight because that's the most obvious one to go for. There's so many other fights that we could easily sit here and say, you know, that is definitely fight of the year. A, def- a notable mention from my side would be probably the Triple G Canelo fight. Definitely a notable mention for fight of the year. Um, but again, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to shock people, you know, and, and say something different not just go with the same things that everybody else is going for and I'm actually going to say that for me this year the Warrington Frampton fight that's only just recently happened is fight of the year man that was a fucking brilliant fight and you mentioned uh, earlier about obviously the way the fight started it was it was immense from start to finish and the the, the way Josh Warrington was able to keep up that engine for the full fight and dominate a guy essentially that he was expected to lose to in, in, in emphatic fashion was was unbelievable and it was it was all action all the way through and it was really good and I was really impressed by the way Frampton was able to to stick with it for for the distance because I thought if this carries on all the way through you know he could stop Frampton later if he's not careful the way he's going on Frampton looks knackered but for me it was I was just buzzing off it I was absolutely buzzing after I'd watched it and I thought to myself man that's that's definitely a fight of the year contender that one right there so I am going to go with Josh Warrington and Carl Frampton as my fight of the year another notable mention and Jordy that I don't want to overlook is Callum Smith and George Groves' fight this year super middleweight World Boxing Super Series final yeah I think that probably leads into the uh, into my pick for the next the sort of next category to be honest because I think with everything that's happened in the close of a few months of the year Callum Smith's been a bit overlooked but uh, Groves definitely definitely played his part in that fight he was a great champion and you know, despite the fact it was in Jeddah it was a, it was a great fight between you know two, one up and coming you know, someone who's on the edge of being a superstar and someone who's been a very, very good servant to, to the world of boxing and George Groves. Yeah, well, we're going to the main one then, the main award, the one that everybody wants to know. Who have you picked for Fighter of the Year? Uh, and again, I'll come over to you, Jordy. I want to know, who's your fighter of 2018? David Price. No, only joking. <laughs> 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 no, only joking. I'm going to stay in Liverpool, to be fair, but I think Callum Smith... He just, despite, because with everything that went on, you know, he waited like two years as the WBC mandatory, his, his shot got taken away from him about four times, politics got in the way, and then he had to go to Jeddah and stuff like that, and, you know, to, to win the world title in the way he did with the destructive knockout of a genuine, genuine world champion in George Groves, and then be Ring Magazine champion with that win as well. I think it was so big for, for Britain, and the fact he's in... Um, a weight division where he can be in some massive fights, even if he goes up a couple of weight divisions, to be fair. But I think, yeah, he's my fighter of the year, and I can't wait to see him out again. Hopefully, it's uh, Anfield in May. Sticking with the World Boxing Super Series theme, and I'm going to go with uh, the one that most people have picked as their fighter of the year this year, because I couldn't really argue for anybody else. I think Mr. Alexander Usyk, I am feel, I am very feel, was definitely for me the fighter of 2018. The brilliant fights and the essential victory to win the World Boxing Super Series earlier on in the year, to then the big showdown with Liverpool's Tony Bellew in what was a, a, a really good hyped fight and one where people genuinely thought Bellew might have a chance and for the early part of that fight Bellew you no know, looked in 
good, you know, great control until Alexander Usek turned it around, had a great trainer in Anatoly Lomachenko, made the necessary adjustments and knocked Bellew out later on in the fight. And for me, he's he's just excelled in 2018. In 2017, I knew more of him. I started to see him and I thought this guy, this scary looking guy, he's starting to starting to really come to fruition. And you know, maybe we'll see him in with the likes of uh, of Tony Bellew in the future. And lo and behold, we see it this year. And you know, we the guy in general, the guy, the guy's just uh, he's just a lad, isn't he? He's just a top guy, and he's you know, we just he can't not like him. He's got regardless of the language barriers. He's still got that personality to shine through. And I remember the, uh, an interview with, I think it was Michelle Joy Phelps uh, after the Brady's fight, I'm pretty sure it was. And he said uh, she said something along the lines of like, so what are you going to go and do now? He go, I go have double kebab. And I'm just like, oh man, this guy, you know, you, you can't not like the guy. He's just won a huge fight like that. And he's, what are you going to go and eat now, Alexander? I'm going to have double kebab. I was like, fucking hell, man, this guy, you can't not like him, but... In general, what he's done in the ring for me as as I've appreciated it so much that I want to say he is the fighter of the year for 2018 for me. Yeah, he's a superstar, isn't he? And I think I'd definitely agree with you if it wasn't the most biased Liverpool boxing fan in the world. But <laughs> yeah, I think he is a he's a superstar. He's already a superstar, but he's going to go from strength to strength, and you know, there's going to it's going to take a very special fighter or a very big fighter to stop him. Well, that's it for awards, so let's move on and, and go to sort of our general chit-chat then about 2018, and I think probably looking at favourite moments and worst moments in boxing, and I'd probably say let's start with the shit first and start with the worst moments in boxing 2018, and I can only really start in one place, and that's your absolute favourite fighter of 2018, Mr Canelo Alvarez, eating that Mexican meat uh, and getting a slap on the wrist for taking drugs and still managing to get a 365 million dollar deal with DAZN being the face of DAZN after clearly being a drugs cheat that for me has been the worst part of boxing this year is the whole drug scandals that have been going around we've had Canelo we've had obviously Billy Joe Saunders you know it's, the, 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 the list goes on it's an absolute joke that these are these things are still allowed to happen but yet these guys can still go off and do the million dollar deals yeah, it's the biggest, obviously the biggest problem for the sport in general. You know, it can literally, it can literally flip the sport on its head if it carries on. But uh, Canelo's obviously the biggest name, and even though he's he's clearly cheated, he's still getting all applauded and all the big contracts. So the sport's got a fundamental problem. But I think the problem lies with the governing bodies. No one actually knows any of the rules, but it's it's overshadowed the sport this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if it overshadows the sport next year, the year after, the year after that, and the year after that. It's just the biggest problem we've got, and it's fucking painful to just keep talking about it over and over again. But I just don't see how it's going to change in the next couple of years if they keep getting away with it. No, I know that's the bullshit part of it, and that's what does me in about it. And another notable mention for sort of worst parts of the year is some of the really fucking poor scorecards we've had. And again, I don't want to focus too much on it, but it has to be mentioned because there's been some really dog shit scorecards this year. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it is part and parcel of the game. You know, it's a subjective sport at the end of the day. But you know, it's be it's been more more and more this year. And the fact that it might be a, the fact that so many cards are on TV and so many cards are in the public spotlight now that these cards keep getting flagged flagged up. But yeah, it's another problem we've got. But as I say, it's a subjective sport. It's something we're going to live with unless we end up having robots or computers the way they do in the amateurs. But yeah, I think it's although it's a, it is a dark spot. It's not something that we're ever going to get rid of. It's always going to be people's opinion and you know this is something we've got to live with but I think other things is obviously you know people like Scott Westgarth who sadly lost his life and just people like that I think it's always good to keep them to keep these little moments in um you know, give them the respect they deserve and you know, it's alright for us to all sit here and criticise and you know, people like us who do podcasts and write, we don't actually get in the ring and risk our lives but these people do and sometimes the sport gives you sober and reminders of that, so yeah, just obviously want to pay respect to people like Scott Westgarth and others he's just the one on my brain right now but yeah, people like that, they definitely um, they definitely should be remembered and I hope the sport does remember them. Yeah man, I can't, I can't not agree with you anymore on this, Jody, it's, um, it's harrowing these things when they happen but let's go on to a more positive 
positive note and go into favourite moments of the year. And I think merely favourite moments are more going to be like, it's going to sound cheesy as fuck, but honestly, my favourite moments for this year, I've been doing this podcast and it's been a long year and it doesn't feel like five minutes ago that was at the start and so much has changed and we're going to go into one of these big sentimental rants now about, you know, how, how good the podcast has become and blah, blah, blah. But I think it's an end of year show. It's an end of year review and I want to make some sort of highlights about this year in general so at the start of the year we had uh, the Irish wizard Cahill Jennings was on the show as the co-host with myself and he went out there and he, he grafted his ass off getting some brilliant interviews with some of the Irish lads and you know we give the listeners some really good updates and insights into Irish boxing because he's a huge follower of it and then we've had guys like Simon Mann, Hamed Zaman, all these guys have got jumped on in and out of the show and we've had some great interviews on the show this year like Dave Allen, we've had Jamie Moore, uh, we've had Anthony Fowler, uh, Robert Duran Jr. You know, the, the list goes on. It's been a brilliant year in that respect for the podcast. And then, obviously, now we're getting to the back end of 2018. You come in in the last quarter of 2018 as, as somebody who, like myself, has just wanted to get into the industry and, and, and sort of put the knowledge and put everything, the passion and desire into it. And you've ended up uh, with me on this podcast. And I've got to be honest, you know, we have an absolute laugh, especially when we, we, we sat together doing it and we're not dialing in that's the that's the you know we seem to have a, a real great chemistry going on and I, I enjoy it so much and you know 2019 for us is going to be big and on New Year's Day there's going to be some new stuff coming and you, you're going to see it we're basically going to get in some more uh, new stuff coming like professional looking things and sounding things that's all I'm going to give you guys that are listening <laughs> to the episode but you'll probably kind of guess from that what it is that we're going to be doing but for, for, for us it's a huge step in the right direction the fact that we've now got Bear Attack Boxing on board as well like you, like you heard at the start of the episode you know they've you know kindly jumped on board and, and, and are assisting us and getting us to that next level so for me my sort of favourite moment of 2018 in general within boxing is probably the, the this podcast there's loads of other things I could talk about I could talk about having an article published in a magazine Big Right Hook I could talk about that but this podcast for me is, is my baby and this is what I enjoy the most yeah I think you know obviously I echo that I haven't been you know involved with you long but we've made great strides since and obviously you put the groundwork in for 18 months before that but uh, yeah someone who you know, I was always hoping to, to work in the industry for a couple of years before I actually you know got the bollocks to actually go for it so it's one of them where I've been lucky to get opportunities through people like yourself and you know a couple of other people I've come in contact with and we've seemed to grow quite quickly and you know as you said we've got a couple of announcements on New Year's Day that's going to take us to the next level again so hopefully we'll be sitting here doing another review show in, in uh, this time in 12 months and we'll obviously have a, a bigger audience and you know a bigger product well it was funny because on Twitter today there was um a couple of things that have happened actually and I'll mention them on, on this episode the last yesterday Trish Dixon obviously he's doing the Boxing Life Stories thing which is absolutely fucking brilliant if you've not heard it go and hear it I kind of felt a bit disappointed that I wasn't able to do as many interviews as he's been able to get because he's been in the industry for 20 years but the life and times of episodes that we do for this podcast is exactly that it's exactly the same format we chat to them we find out what, about their careers what they're doing after their careers etc etc and yesterday he put a tweet out about asking people to tag people in who'd who'd done you know got him into the sport and uh, who, who they appreciate for getting him in and i'll give a big shout out to elliot start who covers eat sleep boxing repeat down in london and he because of i don't think he'll mind me mentioning this but because of doing all the work that he's done the articles getting involved doing interviews he's been able to get himself a job at the zone working for the zone so man you know he doesn't really get any much bigger than that being able to get experience from doing this and going in and walking through another door and getting a job at you know one of the biggest companies essentially in the world that are involved in boxing now so you know it's great and then we've also had today you know like people asking about podcasts on twitter and our podcast getting mentioned by other people is is like it's truly humbling and i i, I don't want to stay too much longer on this sort of sentimental part of the, of the episode but i do feel it has to be mentioned because i think we've made great strides in the year and we've got bigger audiences we've got new things coming and people are starting to cut on to it a bit more now and it's very difficult in a sea of fucking boxing podcasts that 
that uh, are being used as a platform by people that are either in in the industry or using their sort of fame celebrity statuses as a platform to do a podcast which really half the time they don't even know what they're fucking talking about so it is you know really difficult for us to keep pushing and pushing and pushing but we're getting there and i'm really enjoying it man and it's uh you know all the listeners are and big shout out to all you listeners that have been liking commenting sharing and subscribing everything you've done it's oh man it's, it's honestly it's humble it's so humbled by it that i can't thank you enough and i hope you stick with us for 2019 and i hope you enjoy all the new episodes that are going to be coming out the promoters live life and times of wants to watch legendary nights and just a general weekly podcast you know there's fucking lots of content there for you to be getting to listen to and not just your standard everyday run-of-the-mill weekly podcast so that that's it from me no more no more sentimental ranting Jordi. i'm going to come over to you is there anything else for 2018 that you want to talk about no, I think it's been, uh, we touched at the very start of how good it's been for British boxing. The, the sport over here has gone to, you know, another level again. You know, there's already foundations for it to go even bigger next year. And the fact that, you know, well, I'm a big fan of small hall boxing and the fact that some of them, especially people like MTK and, you know, Kieran Faddle and stuff like that, they're all getting into streaming and getting their shows seen by seen by an audience and not just behind closed doors. So the fact that the success at the top of the sport is actually funneling down to to the main grassroots of the game where, you know, the sport just wouldn't survive without without these small holes. So the fact that they're getting exposure now is a, a big plus for 2018 for me. Absolutely. Well, I think for me, Jordi, it probably about wraps it up for the end of year review. Uh, if there's anything else you want to add before we call it an episode for the year? No, just thanks to everyone for listening. As you said, it's growing and we're getting more listeners all the time. But yeah, just thanks for the people who are sticking with us and enjoying the the episodes and all the best for the new year well guys again thank you for listening downloading streaming and sharing everything across social media you know where to find us we're on apple podcast get on there make sure you leave us a rating i can't even tell me words leave us a rating and leave us a review if you would take one minute out of your time to do so on podbean you can find us on there which is our main streaming service we host the podcast through but we obviously are also uh, cascaded out through youtube and we're also cascaded out through Player FM, Stitcher, Spreaker, all the ones that people are using across the world, all the listeners across the world that we've got, we really appreciate you. Find us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod and on Facebook, which is Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful New Year's Eve. Stay safe. Don't be getting yourself into any trouble. Enjoy it with your family, with your friends, and we'll see you in 2019 for another great year of BTR Boxing Podcast. Thank you, listeners. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.